Well, good evening. We're glad that you've chosen to join us. Uh, let's go to Lord in a word of prayer. And then once we're done with that, we will uh, dive into Psalm chapter six. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you for this day. We thank you for uh, your goodness to us. We thank you for your mercy and your grace in our lives. We pray that as we look at Psalm chapter six, that you would encourage us, that you, we would uh, be boldly uh, approaching you as we uh, see areas of sin in our life and that we would seek your forgiveness and that we would uh, place our faith and our trust in you as we receive it. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, so I'm going to pull up my screen and share it with you, and then we'll get started here. Let me make this a little, move that, and then make that as big as it possible for you guys. Okay, so we're going to read Psalm chapter 6, and then... Um, as we read through it, I would encourage you to be looking for key words, repeated words, repeated ideas. Um, also note the amount of imperatives. Uh, imperatives are commands or statements where he's saying, do this. He's talking to God and he's going to say, do this. So I'd like you to take note of those as well. Psalm chapter 6, to the chief musician with stringed instruments on an eight-stringed harp, a psalm of David. O Lord, do not rebuke me in your, your anger, nor chasten me in your hot displeasure. Have mercy on me, O Lord, for I am weak. O Lord, heal me, for my bones are troubled. My soul also is greatly troubled. But you, O Lord, how long? Return, O Lord, deliver me, O save me, for your mercy's sake. For in death there is no remembrance of you. In the grave, who will give you thanks? I am weary with my groaning. All night I make my bed swim. I drench my couch with my tears. My eyes waste away because of grief. It grows old because of all my enemies. Depart from me, all you workers of iniquity. For the Lord has heard the voice of my weeping. The Lord had heard, has heard my supplication. The Lord will receive my prayer. Let all my enemies be ashamed and greatly troubled. Let them turn back and be ashamed suddenly. All right. So um, this is where you guys can unmute yourself. And um, what are some words or ideas or maybe some of the commands that you see repeated time and time again? Some of the commands, the words themselves aren't repeated, but there's lots of commands. He's a lot of commands going on in this passage. So what do we see? Do not rebuke me or chasten me. Okay, yeah. So do not rebuke, do not chasten. Okay, so those are two of the commands. What else do we see? Have mercy on me. Have mercy on me, okay. Heal me. Heal me, good. What else? Deliver me. Deliver me, okay. Right before that, return. Yeah, return, okay. That word return is actually repeated. It's repeated in a slightly different form in your English Bible, but it's the same word as another word you're going to see later on in the ver in the chapter, or psalm. So if save you me. What's that? Save me. Okay, save me, yep. Save me for your, your mercy's sake. What else do we see? 
Yeah, depart from me, okay? That's the only uh, command that occurs in the text that is not a command towards God, okay? So he's talking to the enemies and he says, depart from me. He's giving them a warning. He's saying, I have prayed to God, I have confessed my sin, and God is going to start acting on my behalf. And unless you want God's punishment, which I've dealt with for the last little bit, because of you guys, to come on you, you better leave. Because if you don't leave, you're going to be next. So depart, okay? What else do you see? A lot of tears and grief. Yeah, yeah, you see a lot of tears and a lot of grief. Uh, really highlighted in verses 6 through 7, okay? Verses 6 and 7 really highlight the, the emotions that he's feeling. And so when you look at verses 6 and 7, uh, there's a lot of the word I. I am weary. I make my bed swim. I drench. Verse 7, my I, my enemies, okay? It's very personal. And he's explaining and he's talking about the grief and the uh, pain that he has personally experienced. It's really highlighted in verses 6 and 7. What else do we see? He knows the Lord hears him in verse 8 and 9. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. It's almost like it builds in verses 8 and 9. The Lord has heard my supplication. Or sorry, for the Lord has heard the voice of my weeping. The Lord has heard my supplication. But not only has God heard it, he's received it and he's going to act. Note that in verse 9. The Lord will receive my prayer. He's not just heard it, he's going to act now. Okay, what else do we see? There's uh, three more commands at the very end of the psalm. Let all my enemies be ashamed and greatly troubled. Okay, so there, there's be ashamed. That one's repeated twice. What else do we see? Let them turn back. Yeah, turn back. So if you look at verse 4, return, O Lord, deliver me. That word return and the word let them turn back. Okay, those are the same word. It's the word turn. Okay, so turn, O Lord, deliver me, and then let them turn back. All right, so we've done a lot. Uh, let me see what else I have that maybe we haven't mentioned. Uh, lots of rep repetition of the word Lord. Uh, mercy is mentioned in verse 2, and then mercy comes up again in, da, 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 da. I have a, uh, verse 4. Oh, save me for your mercy's sake. So verse 2, have mercy on me, and then save me for your mercy's sake. Return, turn and then heard, and then be ashamed. All right, so um, now you have uh, my, my highlighting that I did previously, uh, earlier today. So you, you see the word, can you see my pointer? Yes. Okay, good, good. I'm just not sure how much it shares. Uh, yeah, of all the words of Lord, you have your, I underlined all the commands, do not rebuke, nor chasten, have mercy, heal me, um, return, deliver me, save me. Um, there's the mercies that are repeated, Lord, troubled. I don't know if anybody picked up on that one, but we're going to see troubled actually at the end of the psalm as well, okay? The very end, you're once again going to return to that idea of returned. Um, he's focusing on God. You see the, the repetition of the word you, okay? Um, this is the last half of the psalm here. I am weary all night, I, I, my, 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 my. Um, for the Lord has heard, the Lord has heard, he will receive. Um, and what has God heard, what has God received? I think the my weeping, my supplication, my prayer, 
are all in a, in a sense a reference to the same thing. It's to his prayer. It's to his his acknowledgement of his sin and his request that God would act on his behalf, right? So the, that's why I italicize the weeping, I italicize the supplication, I italicize the prayer to kind of show that while they're not the same word, they're definitely different words. Um, they're all referring to what he's done. God has heard this. God has seen this. God knows that he's truly repentant, that he wants to change, and God is going to receive them, okay? And so what should the enemies do? They should depart. Why? Because if they don't depart, what's going to happen? God is going to make them ashamed. God is going to turn, uh, let them turn back and be ashamed suddenly. That's what um, is going to happen to them. And then you have the word troubled once again. Okay. So hopefully that helps you at least a little bit with kind of seeing the psalm um, and seeing all the various parts of it. Uh, I realize we did that fairly quickly, but we also have quite a bit that we have yet to do. So. I'm getting a drink. Sorry. <laughs> All right. So, uh, if we had to summarize the theme or the big idea of the psalm, what might we say? What might we say is the theme or the big idea? Faith in time of distress. Okay. Faith in time of distress. What else might we say are some of the uh, aspects of the theme or the big idea? David is really weary. This is really pressing on him, and he's pleading for the Lord to come to help. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's a lot of emotion, and he's really desperate for God to act on his behalf. He's not, he's not sitting back and kind of waiting for life to happen to him. He's, he's going at it, okay? What else do we see? Well, it, sounds, it sounds like he he knows that trouble and trials are going to come, but he knows that God's with him through each one. Okay, okay, he knows that trials are going to come, but he knows God is with him. All right, so this is um, this is what I came down to um, when God disciplines. Okay, because that's what's happening, right? In verse verse one, especially. Um, some people try to say that this isn't really him sinning and he's complaining because he's sick. But note the words that are used in verse 1, right? Do not rebuke me in your anger, nor chasten me in your hot displeasure. Those are words that we use for what? When, when I rebuke Anastasia, do I rebuke Anastasia um, because I'm happy with her? No. No, I never rebuke Anastasia because I'm happy with her. Unless I'm like teasing with her, okay, right? I might joke with her and be like, how could you eat all your food? And act like I'm upset about it, but I'm not, you know? So I might do something like that, but we wouldn't really say that that's rebuke. We wouldn't really say that it's ch chastising uh, for me to, you know, tease her in that way. Okay, so I, I think that God is disciplining him. But when God disciplines and you, he repents, okay, because he's, he's realizing that God is disciplining him, and he's asking for God's mercy. And he never really confesses a specific sin, right? He doesn't tell us, you know, well, I, I thought this bad thought about my employer, or, you know, I kind of got angry with King Saul, so this is why you should forgive me, God. Or, 
um, or, 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 right? King David never tells us what exactly he's done. But there is definitely a understanding that he realizes something has come in between his relationship and God's relationship. And he's asking for two things. He's asking for less of God's attention and more of God's attention all at once. Less of God's bad attention and being angry with him because he's confessing his sin and more of God's good attention and giving him mercy and forgiveness for his sins, right? So verse one is like, God, I don't want any more attention. I've got the point. You're upset. I've done wrong. I'll stop. Do not rebuke in your anger, nor chasten me in your hot displeasure. But then in verse two, what is he doing? He's saying, God, I need your other kind of attention. I need your focus in this, this area of your mercy, okay? And you see the mercy really come out in verses two and three. And then also in verse four, he returns to this idea of mercy. Have mercy on me, O Lord, for I am weak. O Lord, heal me, for my bones are troubled. My soul also is greatly troubled, but you, O Lord, how long? So, um, yeah, uh, the repentant may request relief because of God's covenant love, okay? Why is he able to approach God and ask God to change the type of attention that he's giving him? It's because of God's covenant love, because of God's mercy, God's faithfulness to him. And so he highlights this idea of God's mercy, and he does that actually two different times in the psalm. Okay, verse 2 and then verse 4. He's, he's going to highlight the fact that God's mercy uh, is what is supposed to shine through in this situation. It's what people should see and uh, pay attention to and take note of. Okay, all right. So um, any other comments? I don't want to... I don't want to brush you off. It's hard for me to see you all. So if you have other comments, you can share them. Otherwise, I'm going to move on to the outline. Okay. All right. The chastened believer can only appeal to the Lord for deliverance from the pain of discipline. Okay. So when you and I sin and we are under God's punishment, there is nowhere else that you and I can go for relief from the chastisement, from the discipline, other than to God. Okay. And as we look at the psalm, where does the psalmist go? Where does King David go? Or David, we don't know if he's um, a king at the time when he writes this, but where does he go? He goes to God, okay? And I, I think that picks up on the whole focus you see um, in the psalm, right? Lord, 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 right? Okay, he goes to God. That's where you and I have to go. They pray for relief from their discipline. So in verses 1 through 3, he's asking God to change the kind of attention he's giving him. Okay? I don't need the discipline. I understand what I've done is wrong. I want to change. And as you and I sin and we face God's discipline and we see it, when we see that we're under God's chastisement, we're under his discipline, we go to him and we ask him for deliverance. Their only basis is the Lord's character and his praise. Why, did, why can he go to God and ask God to do this? I mean, God is giving him uh, attention. God is giving him negative attention, right? He's giving him his, his uh, rebuke, his chastisement, and he doesn't want that kind of attention anymore. He wants the other kind, right? Why can he go there? It's because of who God is. It's because of God's character. Return, O Lord, deliver me, save me for your mercy's sake. He wants to elevate. He wants to praise God. For in death, there is no remembrance of you. 
and the grave who will give you thanks. He's saying, if I die, I can't continue to praise you. I can't continue to honor your character, your person, if I'm dead. So, so protect me, save me, okay? It's because of God's character. Um, in verses 6 and 7, you really see the height, the height of the lament, okay? I mean, just extreme pain. I'm weary with my groaning. All night I make my bed swim. I drench my couch with my tears, okay? He's, he's pained by his sin, and he's pained by the fact that God is chastising him. And he's got to the point where he wants this to change. My eyes waste away because of grief. It grows old because of all my enemies, okay? And the idea is he's, he's, he's mourned so much that his eyes are not functioning as he typically expected them to function. If you've cried a lot at some point in your life, you've probably experienced this to some degree, right? Where you, you cry so much and at the end of crying so much, it's like my eyes don't really focus like they should. I mean, it'll come back probably eventually, but this is where he is. He's, he's poured out his heart. He's poured out his supplication to God and he wants God to act. He wants God's mercy. Uh, point two the confessing believer can be confident in the Lord's deliverance. So he's poured himself out. He's, he's asked God to provide him deliverance, to provide him relief. He's pointed to God's character as the basis. He's lamented. He's expressed his deep, dark emotions. Sometimes we feel like we can't express our real emotions to God in prayer. And we struggle to be as honest as he is in verses 6 and 7. Okay. Now, if this is all that your prayer life consists of for years on end, is verses 6 and 7, there's something wrong, okay? But if for a time or a specific itch issue or situation in your life, this is a regular part of your prayer life for years, but there are other parts are also included where you praise and you place your faith in Christ and his plan, I don't think that that is out of line with the scriptural scriptures principles on how we approach God. Our emotions are real and God wants us to bring them to him. It's actually an act of faith. Okay. So the confessing believer can be confident in the Lord's deliverance. Why? Because God hears and God doesn't simply hear, but God actually acts. He's going to receive it. Okay. So verse eight, depart from me. He's getting ready to warn the, un, the people who are assaulting him or attacking him. He's like, stop it. This is going to go badly for you. Depart me from me, all you workers of iniquity. Why? Because he knows that God has heard. And when God hears, God acts. And what he's asking God to do to the people who are oppressing him is not a good thing. So he tells them, stop and leave. Because if you don't leave, God has heard. God has received. And when God hears and when God receives, God acts. So because God hears, he says, stop, go away. Don't continue down this road. And then finally he says, because God punishes. Okay. And the same thing is true of you and I. Okay. I think, I think also we need to be careful as believers that we are not the source of oppression or the source of torment to another believer. Okay, even if even if there is sin in their life that is the the cause or the reason why God is punishing them, 
we need to be careful in how we talk about them. We need to be careful in how we approach the situation and talk to them. Why? Because if God, if that individual is in sin and God is punishing them for that sin, but they come to God and confess and we continue to provide problems for them, how does God feel about these people? What happens to these type of people who are, who are harming the chastised believer? It's not a very good picture in verse 10, right? What's God going to do? Let all my enemies be ashamed and greatly troubled. Let them turn back and be ashamed suddenly. Okay? You and I need to be very careful in how we talk about and how we interact with um, those who might be suffering from God's punishment. Okay? All right. Um, so what, are we, what do we see by way of application? Sorry, it has the click to add text. That's because we're not technically in PowerPoint mode because it kept freezing up on us that first week, two weeks, I think we tried it and I decided to stop. What do we see by, what are, what are, what are some application points that you might draw from Psalm chapter six? We can go to God in time of trouble, even if we have brought it on ourselves. Yeah. Good. Good. We can go to God in times of trouble, even if we brought it on ourselves. What else? That's like David, he knows God so well, he can still be presumptuous with what God receives from him. Okay. Okay. Others? I don't want to take up too much time if you don't have something, but I also don't want to skip you. And it's really hard for me to see your faces and know what you're thinking to know. <laughs> if you're thinking something or if I need to keep going. All right. Uh, well, that's not. There we go. All right. In trials, examine your heart. Is there unconfessed sin? Okay. It's interesting. It's almost like possibly the psalmist doesn't know what he's done wrong. Right? It's really weird. Like most other times when we think of a biblical uh, repentance, you know, where it's recorded that somebody's coming before God and telling God, I've sinned, they're pretty descriptive about what they've done, right? It's not like, oh, you know, I kind of messed up, but you know, yeah. No, it's like, I messed up in this way at this point, and I'm sorry. I want to change. Okay. So when you and I are facing God's chastisement, when we're in, in the midst of tra trials, um, I, I think it's appropriate for us to ask, is there unconfessed sin? Maybe it's true, maybe it's not. But it's, I think it's a good place for us to at least be willing to consider, is there sin in my life that's unconfessed? So in trials, confess sin. When disciplined by the Lord, appeal for deliverance. Okay, when disciplined by the Lord, appeal for deliverance. Okay, he's your only hope, just like the psalmist experienced. Where did he go? He didn't go to his employer and ask for more money to, you know, pay restitution. He didn't go to um, the king. He didn't go to the priests. He went to God, and he said, I've sinned against you. Please forgive me. I don't want this kind of attention. I want the other kind of attention. I want your mercy. I don't want your, your chastisement and your rebuke. Rejoice. 
oops, rejoice, the Lord hears. There you go. The Lord hears the repentant. And, oops, now I clicked into it, so it has, there we go. Rejoicing in the Lord's shared deliverance, okay? That's something else that we need to be participating in. All right, any other things that you might throw in or add? Well, I think in verse 5, he realizes that once he's died, or that he's in the grave even, then it's too late to praise or repent. Yeah, yeah. Especially, especially the praise aspect. Good. All right. Anybody else? Anything else? I don't want to. All right. I'm going to 